Sean is a fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. Swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard in school. Then build the bomb. Then build the bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. On the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, presented by Traveling Growler, the number one self-rated Buffalo show covering the Bills, Sabres, Entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports. 716 right at the bottom there or x whatever you want to call it these days make sure you check out everything built in buffalo is giving you every single day the best bills content out there live shows every single day of the week at built in buffalo underscore great shows like the buffalo blitz and off the edge and the red zone report sundays on built in buffalo hosted by our guest special guest tonight my man izzy izzy how you doing my man I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. You know, work was hell today, but I got home, got to relax a little bit. You know, uh, you now we can talk some bills. I came running. Stretch it out. Get stretched. Here we go. We got a lot to talk about. Big week for the bills, especially on the sidelines. Uh, right now, Izzy, you uh, are my favorite, Izzy. And the only competition you ever had was the old Atlanta Olympics mascot. So tough competition, but you have surpassed the Atlanta Olympics mascot. Go Google that. That's a deep poll for everyone listening. Uh, if you are watching, please like, comment, subscribe. Show us some love here in Built in Buffalo. Show Witty Not Funny Sports Live some love. Takes one second. Just give us a comment. Give us a like. Hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Roy coming in early here. It's coming in hot. Out, no, it, we should change it. That's good. Roy, if you want to send in your resume to be our uh pr person please feel free to do that on the counterbalance <laughs> you're the witty on the, he is the... <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> exactly uh big week at bills one bills drive here uh izzy let's before we get into and in this show and later on we're going to talk about pending free agents whether we should keep them or cut them and do away with them send them nelly Furtado style like a bird and fly away uh let's talk about the bills <laughs> Let's talk about the latest Bills news going on. Uh, first, I want to start off with uh, kind of a hot button topic uh, here on this show, at least. I don't know how much other people in Bills Mafia care about it, but uh, that's Josh Allen playing golf. We are only a week out of the season, and Josh is already hitting the greens, swinging the club. Does it bother you? He's playing at the Pro Am again. This week, uh, I don't know the exact, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I believe it's, a, it's officially titled. Uh, shouldn't he be working with Jordan Palmer on a beach somewhere, working on his mechanics or something? Is it, is it bother you he's playing golf uh, this early on into the offseason again? No, he, this is his time to relax and wind down before he needs to go and get with his coaches and ramp up. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. He's going to get his golf in now or later. As long as he gets that work in, I don't care. Does it bother you that he's playing with a – 
zero time champion for I think the third straight year in one Mr. Keith Mitchell. I want my quarterback for the Bills, my franchise quarterback, the guy who's going to lead us to the promised land, to that Super Bowl, hopefully one day, to play with winners. I want him to be associated with winners. His girlfriend's a winner, Hollywood actress, big budget movies, big budget shows. Now I want him playing with Rory McIlroy or one of the other great golfers playing currently in this program, not Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell was like a former baseball player in like RBI baseball for Nintendo, not a not a champion golfer. I remember that game. <laughs> yeah, that was a great game. <laughs> I had that game. <laughs> Cincinnati Reds, I think, Keith Mitchell for, oh, for those. Damn. I think that's the only baseball knowledge I have is RBI baseball for the Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, th- does it bother you that he's not playing with a winner? I want my quarterback playing with winners, don't you? I mean, yeah, I would rather him play with a winner, but, you know, it's golf. It's not what I care about him doing, but, you know, if you're going to do it, I know he's super competitive, and he's not going to like losing, and that's probably what's going to happen. So, you know, Josh, go out there, kick ass, do your best. Uh, you might have to carry that team. Just like he carries our team sometimes on the he's field. Useful. You might have to carry Keith Mitchell. Put him on your back. Let's go. <laughs> Patrick said agreed yeah Keith Mitchell we want you with winners Josh associate yourself with winners get into that mentality what bothered us in the beginning of the season is that's stoic didn't seem like he cared Josh we know he cared but it, we want to show that emotion we want you to play with winners get that emotional fire that championship oh, yeah. fire in your belly whether it's on the golf course or on the football field uh moving on though uh we could talk about Josh all day. Uh, we are only, like I said, a week into this offseason. And already, for those who had the under on Stefan Diggs drama, Peter King comes out with an article this week talking about Diggs' restructure of his contract and how he's not going to like it. Uh, and it's all rumors again. It's all nothing Stefan Diggs has come out and said, nothing he has indicated. It is all somebody else, a third party, putting this onus on Stefan Diggs and making him the the villain, I guess. I, I don't want to – it seems like too harsh of a word, but uh, – Scarface, man. Diggs drama. Like hey, get two weeks into the offseason. Can we wait till the Super Bowl is done? Can we wait till the XFL season starts or whatever it's called now you before we get Diggs drama? We're one week out. What do you think about all this? Man, haters are going to hate, man. got to let them hate. You know, you got to love your fans, whether they haters or lovers. It don't matter. You know, if they're giving you attention, it is what it is. Uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, I, I think people are overblowing the whole situation. He's not saying anything about it. He's not sitting here bitching and moaning. He's he's doing his thing. And so, I, right. personally, I don't give a rat's, rat's ass about what people are saying about him. Peter King, the, the mainstream media, whatever, ESPN, Nick Wright, don't. Yeah, whatever. Like, say what you want to say. <laughs> Diggs is doing his thing. He's out there driving fast cars, you know, running with the, the 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 beautiful ladies that he tends to run with, and he's got better things to worry about than Peter King talking about how upset he's going to be with a restructure, meaning he gets money now instead of later. So angry right. at that. It's like, oh no, more guaranteed money. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> so <laughs> mad about more money in my pocket right now. I well, know. Bye, <laughs> Uh, he, he might be running with, with with the ladies, as you said. Uh, hopefully, he's not doing Lashawn McCoy parties where he's having people turn in their cell phones at the entrance. Uh, but, um, he, he might be trying out for Family Feud too. We know he's a big Family Feud player. He's been on twice now, so maybe yeah, a third time is a charm. 
for Stefan Diggs. Uh, yeah, I just don't appreciate. Do you, do you think, let me ask you this, uh, kind of more bigger picture. When we look at any time the major media outlets talk about the Bills, do you think they purposefully talk about them or slight them even just to get aroused, knowing we're the fan base of the Buffalo Bills and how uppity we get about like, oh, here's a power ranking of NFL quarterbacks. Josh Allen's on the top five, even though everyone knows Josh Allen is one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, whoever, Stephen A., get up, whatever show, Colin Coward are not going to put Josh Allen in the top five just to get the clicks, just to get the attention from Bill's Mafia. I kind of get that impression, especially this season for some reason. Yeah, you know, they know that that Bill's Mafia, even though Buffalo is not a huge city or a giant market, they know better. They know that the Buffalo Bills fans are everywhere. We're, we're in every state. Absolutely. People think that we travel really, really good. And we do travel pretty freaking good, but we have people everywhere. Bills fans. I'm in North Carolina. Tons of Bills fans here. I got customers. I, I say at least one of my customers a week is a Bills fan. I'm in North Carolina, in the heart of North Carolina. I'm in Panthers and Falcons country, and all the time, you know, Bills fans, hey, go Bills, in Walmart right by my house. I can't go a yeah. week without seeing at least two, three Bills fans. Hey, go Bills. <laughs> it's it's awesome being part of such a great fan base, and because we're so many, they know that if they say something bad about the Bills or if they get controversial about the Bills or they, you know, go at Sean McDermott, they're going to get the clicks and the views. It's inevitable. You're going to get and then the Dolphins fans are going to jump in there, too. You see what they're saying about the Bills? And the Jets fans, well, they don't matter, but, you know. Right. It's a domino effect. It snowballs. The, the, everybody who wants to talk smack Bills on fans us. comments. Chiefs fans come in. Dolphins fans come in. It, it's all just – it all snowballs, like I said. I, I, I think media does it on purpose, honestly. Like, I think Josh Allen gets slighted for all pro and pro bowl because – it's the talking, but it'll be the talking point for the next week, couple of weeks until the Pro Bowl is over. Like, why isn't Josh Allen here? He's playing golf. He's doing this. Like, why isn't he voted as an all pro, even though he had the most touchdowns recorded ever by an individual player this season? Is, isn't that the stat? Yeah. yeah, he had more touchdowns this season than any other player in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah. He also got like, the most touchdowns in the first six years of an NFL career. He had the most touchdowns in the first five years of an NFL career. More than Marino, more than Brady. Like, he's. He's setting records, and he's not getting the the just do awards wise, which is fine. You know, he's getting a bunch of player of the week, yeah. but I mean, you can have five player of the week and still not be in the MVP talk for some strange reason. Although he is technically in the MVP talk right now, so we'll see how that goes. But how do you win MVP and not All Pro? That's weird. What if he does win MVP? Right? Like, like what? <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I will say Josh did win the most important award of the season, and that's the MVP, the Nickelodeon Valuable Player. That's the most important rec or trophy in our book. I mean, I think we should have a parade for it. I think it would be awesome. A Nickelodeon-themed parade with slime and stuff for the MVP. I finally want the MVP. Mitch Trubisky had it forever. He was the OG MVP. Now we have the MVP, Josh, Joshua Patrick Allen. To call our own. Uh, let's get into some comments here. Uh, Izzy, your your fan base rolls deep here. Upstate yeah, New York to Charlotte and Raleigh. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in a in the uh, northern Fayetteville area. I'm north of Fayetteville, just south of Raleigh. So I'm I'm wedged between Fayetteville nice. and Raleigh. Nice, nice. I was at Fort Bragg, so you know they were my my family was like, "We gonna move to Fayetteville?" I was like, "No." 
<laughs> Absolutely. Nobody else moved to Fayetteville. <laughs> uh, has Diggs met with them? Scott says, has Diggs met with the media since the playoff loss? No, and he didn't do that last year either. Does that bother you that he hasn't met with the media? No. Let him get fined. He's got enough money. Who cares? Yeah. It's not Marshawn. You want him to pull a Marshawn and just be like, I'm here not to get fined? <laughs> yeah. Give, you put Marshawn in a, in a Diggs jersey and give him the money. I'm just here so I don't oh. get fired. More Marshawn is always great. Oh, I love that. I'm kind of mad he didn't get the uh, Seahawks head coaching job. That would have been wow, fantastic. They do nothing but run the I ball. Mean, <laughs> yeah, as he, like he suits up as a coach player, and they just run the ball. He wears him. number twenty-four uh, on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, "Should Bean even restructure Diggs' contract or just leave it be? What do you think is? Well, I think it depends. Like, it, like. So free agencies determine who they restructure or not, right? I think Josh is going to be a no-brainer. They're going to restructure Josh, and they should because he's the quarterback forever until he retires, right? Right. So right. say you have another receiver out there who's like, I want to come to Buffalo, right? I want to play with Josh Allen. I've been playing with mediocre quarterbacks. I've put up 1,000 yards. I don't know, say a Michael Pittman Jr. maybe type guy who is just out there, and maybe he's like, I'm tired of subpar play from my quarterback. I'll Take the first few years at a discount and let this contract build as it goes. You know, Bean, he's gonna he's gonna structure some outs in it. And you roll with something like that, then you restructure digs to make room for that guy. So it it, it is what it is. You, you you gotta do your moves as they come. You don't want to just do moves, kick the can on the road, and then you don't get anything for it. You wanna do it in right. ways that are gonna be conducive to building the roster. Right. I think that that's a that's a great point. And we saw with the Patriots for so many years during their dynasty runs is Tom Brady just restructuring every single year just to stay competitive and stand under the cap and whatnot. Um, and that's clearly what they're going to do with Josh Allen, too. Uh, if he's not a bill for life, I will be shocked. And if he doesn't restructure every other year, every year even, uh, I will also be shocked. So I, I think they absolutely do that. There's a lot of other restructures they can do, too. Izzy, I know you're, you're a big salary cap guy. Uh, they got Deion Dawkins, Jadavious White. They got a lot of things to do right now. They're the second uh, most over the cap. I think the only one over the cap more is the Saints. <laughs> I think the Patriots are too. Oh, the Patriots are right up there too. I was I was listening to uh to my AFC's roundtable guys and and Master at Work was talking about the Patriots cap space situation, but they have a lot of fat to cut off too, just like we do. We have a lot of guys that we can just let go based on outs in their contracts, or we can restructure and re-sign a bunch of players. we got a bunch of guys going into their last year of their deal. Razul Douglas, Aaron Johnson, Deion Dawkins. You can re-up these guys, give them three more years, and push some of that money down the road. Cap's only getting bigger now unless we have another pandemic, which would suck, but you you deal with that. (laughs) It's a sports show. We don't talk about pandemics here. The only pandemic we talk about is named Ken Dorsey. Oh, Jesus Christ. Good, good luck to him in, in Cleveland, by the way. I know he played for them when he was a quarterback. Right. Drafted by the Niners, played for the Browns and a couple other teams. Didn't work out for him as a player. I don't have any ill will towards Ken Dorsey, but, you know, it didn't work here. So, part for the course. I, I I mean, I'm sure he's a good guy. I don't know him personally. I just didn't like his offense, and I really didn't never – ever like his offense so uh you know i wish him the best and i hope he succeeds wherever he goes um but it's interesting there's a lot of like former bills 
personnel, players, whatever, landing in positions of prominence in the AFC, especially like Ken Dorsey in Cleveland. Uh, speaking of cutting off the fat, the Patriots did the opposite and hired Alex Van Pelt as their OC. That was that was oh, a low really? blow. Sorry, AVP. Save, sorry, AVP. I didn't even know uh, that they hired Alex Van Pelt. Wow. Yeah, I think that came out today. So He's going to be calling uh, plays because well, Mayo's a defensive guy. Yeah, it's probably Alex Van Pelt. Career backup. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we can check the Browns off the threat list. We can check the Patriots off the threat list in the AFC. I don't know if the Patriots were on the list, but, you know. Uh, well, there's, there's no hope for him anytime soon, I, I don't think. Uh, um, speaking of coaching hires, though, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Uh, the Bills made it. They have like 65 units, so maybe they have the most cap space, and maybe I'm on the complete wrong side of the spectrum on that. Very possible. Yeah, I think I think the the yeah I think they have a ton of cap space. Well, I, I don't even know who they would be paying at this point, like because they got rid of Johnu Smith, they got rid of Hunter Henry, but they kind of replaced that contract with Gasicki. So they really got young, rid yeah. of a lot of their big contracts, and they're young. Yeah, I think I think you 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 flipped it and reversed it. Missy Elliott style. So um, let's get into Bill's hires, though. Two coordinator positions permanently getting filled this week at one Bill's drive. That's Joe Brady as the offense coordinator and Bobby Babbage as the defensive coordinator. Uh, a lot of shows, a lot of Bill's shows this week have talked about those hires specifically. And you know us, listeners, you know us, viewers, we don't do it the same way. We will talk about it, but we always like to put a fun twist on what other people just kind of talk about willy-nilly and on the reg. So I thought, let's fly into the danger zone and do it Top Gun style, is I am going to give you, I earlier today, I went to Top Gun name generator, because in essence, in reality, Joe Brady... Bobby Babbage, they're top guns. They were top gun candidates. You know, Joe Brady looking, getting an interview with the Atlanta Falcons for head coaching, for a head coaching position. Bobby Babbage getting interviewed as a defensive coordinator. These guys are up and coming. Defense coordinator with the Giants, I believe, we're interviewing him. Uh, they're top guns out there and in, in coaching candidates. So I thought it would be a fun twist to uh, give them top gun style nicknames, Maverick, Goose, things like that. And let's comment on it and see what we think here. Uh, let's start off with these new coordinators, let's do it. Top Gun nicknames, and for Mr. Joe Brady, the Top Gun name generator gave him, let me get his picture up here in case you didn't look like, know what he looked like, that's what he looks like, um, Joe Brady, uh, the ginger, yeah, ginger would have been a great Top Gun nickname, uh, I went with Alice. And I'll give you two reasons why. Alice in Wonderland, because getting to be the offensive coordinator of Josh Allen, a generational quarterback, is like living in Wonderland. Like, this can't be real. What a situation he just lands in. Uh, or Alice is also the Brady Bunch maid. Go figure. Oh. Uh, and the maid, what does the maid do? Clean up. And Joe Brady is cleaning up the mess Ken Dorsey made. So Joe Brady's Top Gun nickname is Alice. His his call sign, whatever you want to say. Uh, Izzy, what do you think of this Joe Brady hire? Uh, I like it, personally. Uh, he took uh, the playbook that Ken Dorsey put in play 
and took this offense from struggling to winning games, you know, having some dominant games going down uh, the stretch there. A couple of games that were kind of, you know, intermediate, I guess, but nothing as bad as the lows that we had under, you know, uh, Ken Dorsey. And so I was happy with his performance. Uh, I remember with him in Carolina because I lived down here. I've lived down here since 2008. So, you know, if I'm not watching the Bills down here, I'm watching the Panthers or hearing Panthers fans, you know, talk about, you know, coaches and stuff like that, how they were upset that certain players were let go or whatever. And Joe Brady had, you know, 2,000 yard receivers in one season, then McCaffrey having the year he had. And then they ditched on a bunch of guys and McCaffrey gets hurt and they have Sam Darnold at quarterback. And all of a sudden he doesn't look so good anymore. They, they fire him. He ends up in Buffalo as a, the quarterback's coach, you know, Josh doesn't really miss much of a beat, but then the Dorsey whole, Hey Josh, let's take away everything you're good at. And Josh starts looking like Sam Darnold. Never a recipe for success. Yeah, it's like take away the thing you're good Josh at. Josh Allen's a gunslinger and he's a bulldozer. And you can take away one of those things, but you can't take away both. You can't say, hey, Josh, right. you're not throwing downfield anymore. You're throwing short to intermediate. And we don't want you to run. Like you can't have both of those things from Josh Allen. He's not built that way. It's like asking that's like saying, Hey, Joe Flacco, run this Lamar Jackson offense. He moves like a goddamn filing cabinet. Like, no. <laughs> like you gotta have your guy. Respectful the filing cabinets. <laughs> yeah, freaking. And this year, I mean, Flacco looked excellent in that offense, you know, which is weird because right. it was designed for Deshaun Watson. So what the hell were they doing? Like, <laughs> it's like, all right, maybe Deshaun well, Watson is just not a good quarterback, and it was designed for a decent quarterback. Maybe he's now a filing cabinet. I don't know, but that maybe, that, maybe Dorsey, maybe going to Cleveland to do that to Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's the right answer. I don't know. But I think that Brady is is a is a great fit here. He's made receivers who aren't top, you know, ten receivers, top twenty receivers look like studs. And we have we have we have a stud in the making, Khalil Shakir, and we have a nice little tight end in the making in, in Dalton Kincaid. And he made good use of them. Like they weren't getting used like that until Joe Brady took over. He's like, look, I mean, didn't right. get shadowed everywhere he goes, and he probably was a little dinged up. Let's make use of these other guys. And you, people were talking about James Cook, maybe a, you know, top three running back in the NFL, you know, before those last couple games where he struggled a little bit. But man, like after the Cowboys game, Cook was getting a lot of looks from the national media. Like this guy single handedly beat the Cowboys. It's like, yeah, <laughs> he did. But mm-hmm. like Joe Brady, I think with his own playbook, he'll take some of this playbook too. Like he's not gonna dump it all. He'll take the stuff that worked and then he'll add to that and then subtract all the BS. Take cut all the fat off. I like I like the hire. I think he earned it. And that's where I stand on Joe Brady. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he constructs his version of this offense, what players he brings in, what type of skill sets he likes to see. When Ken Dorsey was first hired, we thought we would get kind of that third down Alvin Kamara type, which actually turned out to be James Cook. Uh, but the Bills went hard after guys like J.D. McKissick and then traded for Naheem Hines. Like they had, It seemed like Dorsey had a certain type of vision he wanted for this offense. He just had no idea how to run it. it so like he a, got the like West Coast almost. Like the, just the way the players he wants and the style. Like he wants that short to intermediate, quick passing. Like Josh Allen right. maybe from California, but he's not a West Coast quarterback. Right, and that's a good point, yeah. So it'll be interesting how Joe Brady – 
goes about this free agency season, goes about the draft season. Obviously, there's a couple holes to fill on the offensive side. I think the defensive side has a lot more holes to fill, but the offensive side still needs a wide receiver too, and we'll get into more of that as we get into our draft season. Uh, let's get into some of the lower-level positional coaches uh, and give their Top Gun nicknames so real quick here, Izzy. I want to see what gotta, you think about these. Yeah, go for it. So I, I pulled up the Top Gun generator, and uh, it's uh, Lieutenant yeah. Joe Deuce Brady. Deuce. Deuce, as in two wide receivers, like throw the deuces. Yards. Yep, 2,000-yard <laughs> receivers. And you never know, maybe 2,000-yard runners with uh, James Cook and Josh Allen. So he's going deuce-deuce. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot, deuces. Back-to-back, Jordan 96-97. Four of a kind, baby, let's go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, let's get into some positional coaches here. Top Gun nickname generator, see what they came up with. And we'll talk about Bobby Babbage, the other big one. But uh, let's go right to uh, safeties coach. Um, the guy Bobby Babbage used to be yep. as a safeties coach, moved to linebackers coach. Now the safeties coach goes to one Joe Dana. That's what Joe Dana looks like. He looks like kind of like if Sean McDermott needed a stunt double in a movie, Joe like Dana Sean would fill in for him. Bill O'Brien had a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's very good. It does look like that. If it was some kind of mashup, Sean McDermott and Bill O'Brien, that's yeah. very good. As I like that. Uh, his Top Gun nickname would be. The Danimal. <laughs> and not because it's his last name and it's a play on his last name, but doesn't he just look like the guy? And for those people and viewers who have kids out there, uh, a guy who would steal his kids' Danimal's yogurt drink. What's his name again? Those are made for kids. Danimal's yogurt. Now what's his name Joe again? Dana. Joe Dana. God. <laughs> it's like how adults. D-A-N-N-A, yeah. He would. He looks like a guy who would steal his kids' Danimal's yogurt. So his Top Gun nickname is the Danimal. Uh, it's kind of like that- when you're an adult and uh, if you have those uh, the Flintstones vitamins. I love the Flintstones vitamins as a kid. One million. I still eat them today. And growing. And growing. You know it. You know it. Uh, still have them today because they're delicious and they're healthy. I guess they should have never made. Vitamins delicious, right? I know. Kids having kidney stones. Damn you. 13 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripping Flintstones vitamins. Oh, um, that's, that's Joe Dana. He's the safeties coach. Yeah, I, I like that, though. Mashup of Bill O'Brien and Sean McDermott. That's a very good one. Uh, next, I want... Disguises. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did you know that's what the safeties coach looked like? No. Do you feel like a little less confident about our safeties now that you you know who's who's the safeties coach? No, because he looks like a guy's gonna be like, just hit somebody. Like he looks like one of those coaches. <laughs> he does look like that guy. His like eyes get really big. Come on, what him. are you doing out there? <laughs> Why is go he pop someone? Him? Looks like Dante Whitner's like dream of a coach, just <laughs> popping guys. That's how. Ta- that's probably why they signed Taylor Rapp. Joe Dana looks like a guy who just likes to see guys get smashed over the middle. And that's Taylor Rapp, what he's best at. Um, let's move on to tight ends coach Rob Boris. There's Rob. Look at that guy, man. Oh, he looks like that's a, a mountain man. It's a burly looking dude. So his Top Gun nickname 
is obviously Yellowstone, the popular hit show. Uh, because doesn't Rob Boris just look like a guy who can't be bothered by anything because he's watching like a five-hour Yellowstone marathon? That is Rob Boris to a T. His wife comes in the room, honey, I need you to fold some laundry. Nope, I'm watching Kevin Costner ride a horse for the next five hours. That's Rob Boris. <laughs> Yellowstone's a good one for him, I think. I don't know if I have a counter for that one. but <laughs> that's a good, He looks like a guy. Big country. You know? Big country. That's a good one. A little Brian Reeves reference there. I like that. Big country. Yeah, or, uh, he's got the or, uh, uh, he's got the Izzy uh, two-toned beard going on there. That's a sexy man right there. That's a sexy man. That's right. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. What does Roy say here? Looks a bit like Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Jesus. Or the yeah. Mad TV version Will Sasso did of Kenny Rogers, which go YouTube, Mad TV, Will Sasso, Kenny Rogers. It's one of the funniest bits ever. Yeah, you go <laughs> rabbit hole. You're gonna be on that for a while. Oh yes, yes you will. Uh, let's move on. Their next one, and that is. Do I have a picture of this one? I don't think I have a picture of this one. But Al Holcomb, Al Holcomb, senior defensive coordinator, made up title. We all know that. Yeah. We have no idea what he does. So I'm going Al Holcomb. His Top Gun nickname, Honeycomb. Just like honeycomb cereal has the holes in it where milk passes through. I got Al Holcomb up. keeps getting passed by for the defensive coordinator position. Sean McDermott brings him in last year as Leslie Frazier gets canned. You think Al Holcomb is going to take on like a bigger role in the defensive play calling? Maybe he has. We don't know. But it seemed like Sean McDermott was calling the defense, and it was his defense. Now, there. yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. You already had it. <laughs> it was I didn't there. see it. Where was it? It's right below, right below Boris. Oh, I have Brady right under Boris. See, like I don't know. I thought I loaded it. He did, yeah. Because right he's all yeah. over it. Thanks. Oh. That's why we brought him on, folks. He he's got my back. He looks like he's Andre got my Reed. back. There's Al Honeycomb, Holcomb. All right, Roy, we got to cut you off from the chat. Honeycombs is a delicious cereal. It's not disgusting. Come on, top five it, cereal for sure. It's like Andre Reed and Doug <laughs> Whaley had a baby. <laughs> I like your mashups. This is good. Izzy, we're going to bring you on like for five minutes every week and just do like mashups of who these <laughs> random people in the build organization look like. Yeah. You are yeah. spot on with these. I, I like I that. It uh, would be like Al Apache Holcomb. <laughs> this is the AH and the Apache is the AH-64 attack helicopter. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Nice. I like that. What do you think Al Holcomb's job is? Uh, what do you think he does? Al Holcomb's, Al Holcomb's job is to rein in Bobby Babbage, you know, because Bobby Babbage is so young. So when, like, when he gets yeah. out of pocket and hits that superstar mode again, because everybody's like, yo, this guy's a star in the making. He's like, hey, relax, buddy. Come back. Come on. All right. All right. You're blitzing too <laughs> Come much. Come back to reality. Right. Come on. Let's, let's run some cover, too. He's, he's, he's there to counterbalance, I think. Right. The I baby would counterbalance McDermott a little. Babysitter. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. When Sean McDermott runs two jailbreak blitzes in a row for no reason against the Broncos as he did last year. Al Holcomb, rain, rain your dudes in here. He needs to be like the holdback guy. Every good team, every good coach has a holdback guy for when the coach gets fired up. Hold him back. That's that's Al Holcomb's role, I feel like. It needs to be his role if it's not. You need to be in the rainer inner guy. 
It's like, because we got that guy on the offensive line. It's Mitch Morse. The problem is he's not as big and strong as the guy he's trying to hold back in Deion Dawkins. That's right. Whoa. That's right. That's right. Deion listens. He's like, all right, it's Mitch. It's Mitch. It's Mitch. Mitch, you look like you're 72, even though you're only like 29 going on 30. You got to love Mitch more. So that dude, he's a mountain man, too. He, he, he looks like Rob Boris's son. Yes, they they could be. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's get into the other defensive uh, coordinator or the other defense coordinator. The other coordinator role that was hired this week, uh, and that's Bobby Babich, uh, new defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, former linebackers coach, former safeties coach, groomed under the Sean McDermott coaching tree. He's been with McDermott forever. You probably know his history a little better than I do, Izzy. But his Top Gun nickname, and I pulled a, I pulled a picture of him, not from his media profile pic on the Bills website, uh, from his college days at North Dakota State. Boom, that's Bobby Babich. So his Top Gun nickname is Eight Mile because he looks like Eminem. <laughs> what is this? Who is this? Is our new defensive coordinator? I feel so oh, less confident now. Eight Mile, that's his oh, Top Gun nickname. Uh, he's even got like the little soul patchy thing. Like he's just starting to learn how to grow facial hair. The combo for him is he looks like Jordan Poyer and Dalton Kincaid in a baby. <laughs> oh no! Now I can't unsee that. <laughs> no. Oh, that's our new defensive coordinator, folks. That's our new defensive coordinator. Hit, hit that like, by the way. <laughs> Everyone watching right now, hit that like if you appreciate a good uh, Dalton Kincaid, Jordan Poyer baby uh, named Bobby Babbage here. Being a coach, you a bad bitch. <laughs> uh, talk to us about Bobby Babbage. What do you like about the hiring? Uh, what do you like about Bobby Babich? Uh, where do you think he's going to take this defense? So I I like Sean McDermott's defense, right? I love Sean McDermott's defense. Right? Yeah. But I think that Sean McDermott this year uh, may have been overwhelmed with the whole head coach slash defensive coordinator thing. He did a very good job at times being the D.C., but I think that that affected his head coaching abilities, and I think that when he was being a better head coach, the defense kind of waned. And so I think that having somebody who runs your defense that you really – bred up to be this guy for the last seven years. And now he's the guy you're having step into that spot. You trust him. It's like, it's like building a computer with AI to do what you would do. And then you can go do something else. And I think that's what this is. Also, his personality is electric. Like he, if you watch his interviews, he is a star. Yes. He is a star. If he was a general manager, if he was, some rapper out there who was just or, or singer, I don't care what he was, if he was an, an actor, like just his energy when you see him on camera is just so chill and relaxed. He gives me like like, like kind of like a bad pit vibe to him where he's just like, Yeah, hey, you know, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna do our best. We want our guys to fit in. We you know, it's not all about size and weight and speed. No, it's about are they a football player? Like he's just that guy who brings you peace in the way he addresses you and speaks to people. He's 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 a head coach in, in three to five years, in my opinion. And he's he's I, I wanted them when I saw him this offseason after they let Frazier go. I was like, yo, just promote him now. Like, what are you doing? Come on, coach. Like, like give give him a chance. Like this guy clearly takes the safeties. They both go all pro. 
the same year, first year, uh, Jordan Poirier first team, Micah Hyde second team. Micah Hyde makes, what, two Pro Bowls under this guy? And then he goes to linebackers and Matt Milano, who had a really good first couple years, got hurt, little shaky, but still really good. And then, bam, all pro. All pro. Like, this guy makes all pros. Did it with the safeties, did it with the linebackers, and now he's coaching the whole freaking defense. Give me give me more of that. And I also got a, a, a top gun name for him. You made one up. Uh, I got Battlestar Babbage. Battlestar Babbage. I like that. I always love alliteration. So Battlestar Babbage is good. No, you. I think you hit it uh, nail on the head there. Head on the nail, whatever. Whatever the phrase is, who knows. Uh, but there was a point last season before the season during training camp uh, where they let Bobby Babbage speak to the media for the first time. I've for, And I immediately said they should let Bobby Babbage speak more. So you're absolutely right. Like just the way he was so eloquent and, and knowledgeable about what he said. Uh, it really seemed like you're, you, you, like I said, you hit it on, on the head there. It was like, seemed very calm, cool and collected, but also like as a guy who kind of commands respect in his whatever positional room, safety linebacker, whatever it happened to be, but also brings a ton of knowledge, a ton of energy, uh, that that literally the first time he spoke to the media, I'm just like, yeah, you should have him speak to the media every week because yeah. usually what we get with Bills coaches is, and especially with Sean McDermott, I, I feel like, and maybe you have a different opinion and please tell me if you do, but I feel like what we get with Sean McDermott in, in the media is a lot of fodder. It's just a lot of like, just get me through this media segment. Uh, I'm not going to really divulge anything. I'm not going to really talk about straight. Nothing has depth to it. It's all just kind of word salads of, of just high level jargon, if you will. Uh, Bobby Babbage, when he spoke, yeah, exactly. Bobby Babbage, when he spoke was like, man, that guy is great. <laughs> I, I, I had the same reaction you do. It's like promote this guy now because yeah, if, like, if dude, you, like, if you don't, you're going to lose him. That's a leader of men. And that might be why they didn't put him on the TV every week because they would have lost him. Somebody, <laughs> That's somebody, a good somebody point. hiring that SOB to be their head coach after this year. If he's on TV every point. week, you're like, hell no, this gem right here needs to be put under lock and key. You, Bobby, go sit somewhere because we're going to need you. <laughs> we, we may not win the Super Bowl this year. We, hopefully we'll get close. But uh, when we need to take another step, you're the next step. and. I, I love that hiring. Joe Brady hiring, if they would hired somebody else, I'd have been fine. Uh, I think he yeah. earned it, but I, I'm not sitting here like, we have to have him back. Like You would have found a slew of offensive candidates who would want to coach Josh Allen. Like That's right. your ticket to become a head coach. Oh, shoot. Uh, you mean I get to coach Pat Mahomes? Oh, snap. Or I get to coach Josh Allen? Yeah. Or I get to coach – pick a great quarterback. Like I, I get to coach him? I'm going to look awesome. I mean, look, look at what Detroit's offensive coordinator did this year. Ben Ben Williams, right? Ben Johnson? Ben, ben Johnson. Johnson, yeah. He was in high demand. He's like, I'm too good of a coach for these two teams. I'm going to stay right here and give another go with these guys until a better opportunity opens up for me next year. Yeah. Or the year after, whatever. I'm not, I'm not rushing it because I'm not going to rush myself into a situation where I'm on some team with terrible ownership or, or – you know, not a good roster or, or, or piss poor cap situation. Like, I'll wait. Ben Johnson, another one of those guys, like Bobby Babbage, who's becoming a superstar 
as is uh, uh, Slowick down in Houston, their offensive coordinator. Another yeah. young guy who's on That's the rise. Yeah. Time, you know, take your time, man. Don't, don't don't rush it just so you can get your feet with as a head coach. In a job, yeah, yeah, like 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 Brent, like Staley did in in L.A. Way too early for him to be a head coach. I think he still got potential to be a head coach, but this shit stain in his britches is gonna be there for a while. <laughs> right. He's gonna he's gonna have to wipe for a few years before he gets another opportunity. Maybe a decade before he can return to that you know level. Jim Schwartz hasn't gotten there yet. He's got awesome defenses. You don't want to rush your yeah. opportunity. Right. That's that's a good point. Jim Schwartz is is a great example. I thought he should have got the Bills job. I did too. After after who was he, he was with Marone, right? Yeah, he was with Marone. Uh then they went yeah. Rex Ryan for uh, let's not do it. No, nah, we don't we don't talk about that era. <laughs> Rex We does. don't talk about that Rex Ryan era. Uh one guy you did not mention, you mentioned all the the all pros Bobby Babbage has helped make all pros, Mike Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano. Terrell Bernard, not an all pro, but he's on his way. Amazing transformation. He is on his way at this point. Uh, A guy that this show, myself included, just a year ago wrote off as like this guy was a bust of a draft pick, a waste. Like the the short time we did see him his rookie year, he looked lost and uh, just not instinctual. Just just didn't look like he belonged on the NFL field. A year later, and he didn't get a lot of snaps that rookie year either. It's not like they groomed him throughout the season and then he just hit the nitrous the second year. He didn't get a lot of snaps that rookie year. Second year, out of nowhere, he was the real deal. And I think we have to credit Bobby Babbage for a big reason for Terrell Bernard's success. Look, I I can't disagree with that. And it's not just Terrell Bernard. Look at Tyrell Dotson this year, like the third-ranked linebacker PFF grade-wise. Like, his coverage grade improved exactly. vastly. He put him in positions to succeed. And he he's built more like a middle linebacker. He was playing Milano's spot, and Terrell Bernard's playing Edmonds' spot. Those guys are right. both the opposite of what they played, and they played outstanding while they were both on the field together. He made those two guys into a stud linebacker combination. Now, granted, in the playoffs, you know, Terrell Bernard was hurt, and uh, Tyrell Dotson played hurt, got her in the game again, and continued to play, as did uh, right. Father Time, AJ Klein. You know, <laughs> like it's hard to win those games when you got you know two injured backup linebackers, right. even though one of them was playing very well during the season. <laughs> and I think that there was a better option. You could have moved Tyrell Dotson to middle linebacker, which he trained for the entire offseason against Robert against Robert Bernard to win that job. Instead, you you know you had AJ Klein in there. We could have had Dorian Williams out there, who is a stud athlete. Yeah, maybe didn't he think he was ready? I don't know. They do like to take their time with rookies, but still, like he had that linebacker room humming. Even Balen Spector mm-hmm. was awesome at times. Yeah, Balen Spector was decent. Like like he, dude, Bobby Babbage is a star. He's a star. Yeah, no, I agree with you about it. The AJ Klein, it was a nice story for the wild card round and. It, the the game and the opponent suited AJ Klein's skill set a little better. The, the next one Steelers did obviously didn't have a stud quarterback. Mason Rudolph is a third stringer lifer. Uh, you know they rely on their run game and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, and it just played to AJ Klein's strengths much better. 
Now, when you go against the Chiefs, who have a very good offensive system with a top quarterback and one of the best tight ends ever, AJ Klein got exposed. Like, I'm right with you. I would have been like, after that first, second drive, maybe it's like, man, they're picking on AJ Klein. Maybe Dorian Williams isn't the greatest knowing the scheme. Maybe he doesn't get all his assignments correct every snap. But the dude, just from a pure athletic standpoint and running around like a chicken with your head cut off, chaotic standpoint, might have been beneficial in that game especially. I I tend to agree. I would have much rather seen Dorian Williams get a lot more snaps in that Chiefs game than than A.J. Klein. Dorian Williams is super sporadic, like like in a a good way, though, because he he knows the basics of the scheme, but he doesn't fully get the whole depth of it. So he's kind of like the squirrel from uh, Ice Age. Ice Age, yeah. He's, he's all over the place. <laughs> but, you know, every now and then that squirrel finds that nut. He's just chasing it all the time. Eventually he gets it. Yeah. But he's, he gets he's it. still chasing it. And he so, loses it again. <laughs> AJ Klein isn't catching isn't catching the acorn. It's not happening. No, no, he's not. He's he's catching some pills at the retirement home at this point, I think. Uh, but Bobby Babbage, your new defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Is. Jordan Kincaid. <laughs> Jordan Kincaid. Oh, don't even don't it was bad that you gave me the visual of Kincaid and Poyer. Now you gotta mash up the names too. I can't. Oh, is you're killing me. Uh final one, real quick before we get into our pending free agents talk. Uh Aaron Cromer, offensive line coach. Uh his top gun nickname is Beach Chair for obvious reasons. That's we'll end it there. You know that reference, right? Nope. <laughs> you don't know the beach chair? All right, go go nope. Google it. We won't get into that because Cromer's done a heck of a job. We won't pass as the past, Aaron Cromer. We won't mention Oh, that. okay. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I, I, was, I was trying to think of one that would go with that whole situation. Oh, there's a situation. Out. All right. Oh, boy. Those are our top gun nicknames for our coaches. Uh, is We got a free agents to talk about, pending free agents for the Bills, whether we want to keep them or cut them. But first, a guy we never want to cut, a guy who joins our show every week with his beautiful, immaculate golden voice, and that is 90-plus-year-old Marv Levy. Let's send it to Marv, and we'll be back. So go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. (laughs) And we are back back we're going to talk about bills pending free agents in a second here is did you watch the games this weekend by the way i didn't even mention the ravens chiefs Niners, did. lions you did you're not one of those bills fans who are like oh the bills aren't playing i'm not watching <laughs> i love football not just the bills i can't i can't know about other Me players too. Who, are, who are pending free agents that we can possibly sign if i don't watch the other teams there you go. Perfect reason to watch. Uh, I watch because I kind of want to know like how close the Bills are. And watching these games year after year, they're so darn close. <laughs> like It's almost like a gut punch because you're like, man, we could have went into Baltimore and beat them. But that, that, that's my like takeaways from watching these games, especially the AFC Championship game is, man, just two or three plays, if they execute them, they're right there. You talk about the pass plays that they dropped? What do you think? Yeah, there's a couple pass, pass plays, plays they dropped. Man, it, it, it was it's just Everybody a gut punch. The watching kicker this. And, the, and the fake punt. It's like, look, yeah, the fake punt was dumb and the kicker missed. What about those drops, though? What yeah. Those drops, though? What about 
like, come on. You know who doesn't drop the ball, though? The He-Wolf, Khalil Shakir. I don't know how he won the week, but he did. Wherever wherever he is out there, Khalil Shakir, you're the winner of the week because you're awesome. Hashtag He-Wolf, of course. We always have to give a shout-out to our man, Khalil Shakir. Um, but let's talk about some Bills pending free agents, Izzy. Whether you cut them, keep them, what do you want to do? And listeners, viewers, make sure you comment as well. Join in on the chat here. We love to comment on your comments. Obviously, very meta here. And hit that like if you haven't yet or that subscribe button. Show love for Built in Buffalo. Uh, pending free agents. I'm going to start right at the top with the wide receivers. We talked about a little earlier in the show about the Bills securing that wide receiver two opposite Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis, obviously a hot topic in terms of whether the Bills keep him or cut him or let him go. Um, what do you think? What would you want to do? Um, pretend the salary cap is not a thing. I, I think Track has his value at like around $13 million right now. Uh, just pretend like we have all the money in the world. The salary cap isn't real because it's not. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I know you don't think that is. <laughs> Uh, but it's not real until it is just from a, until it is, it's not real until it is. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, cut him, let him go. Or would you try to resign him and keep him as a bill? All right. So, uh, I'm not going to pretend the seller cap doesn't exist because it, it, it does. Right. But for the right price, if it, if it was the $5 million mark, I would, I would take it back, but I would still draft or find another veteran wide receiver. However, I would get that veteran wide receiver before I re-sign Davis. My priority is to get a number two, and Davis is not that. Therefore, if I had to choose between him and somebody else, I'm picking somebody else. Uh, so in my humble opinion, as of now, it's Davis can take a walk. Uh, if he wants to go the Milano route, which everybody wanted Milano back, right? There was no controversy in Buffalo about, you know, Milano's a free agent, you know, let him go. But no one was saying that. Everybody was like, bring Matt back. Like, that dude's awesome. I'm 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 team cut game. Let him go. Let him go get his bag somewhere. He you know he he's had you know four decent seasons, no great seasons, no terrible seasons, but he drops more balls than puberty, so he's got to go. He's never had a plus fifty yard receiving season. I just don't think. Yes, he blows up in a game or two here or there, but then disappears. Zero targets, zero catches. How many how, how many times is that his stat line this year? Way more than it should have been. Um, and yes, his role is a little different than your typical receiver. He's a great run blocker, great in, in that area, but so is Trent Shurfield. Still, I, so is Trent Shurfield. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of those guys out there. Uh, when push comes to shove, your number one responsibility is to catch footballs and too many times Gabe Davis was either not on the same page as Josh in terms of his route running uh, a lot of times Gabe Davis ended up and it drove me nuts and it always seemed to be Gabe Davis and someone else it was never Diggs and someone else or someone else and someone else it was always Gabe Davis and someone else that would end their route trees literally five feet away from each other it drove me nuts uh, it always seemed to be Gabe Davis. That Miami game in the regular season, the the season uh, finale, Josh throwing in the end zone and Gabe going left when Josh threw right. It's just they never seemed to be on the same page, and it was always with Gabe Davis. Uh, so 
I, I need more from a wide re wide receiver number two. I need some of that pressure off Stefan Diggs. A lot of talk, and I don't know. You probably know the all twenty two stuff a little better than me. You probably know the X's and O's a little better than me is. But they a lot of talk about rolling coverage to Diggs. A lot of Diggs double teams. Give me that guy to take that pressure off of Stefan Diggs to be that guy for ten catches a game, hundred yards a game, a touchdown a game, which he was averaging in the beginning of the season. Um, Pay for it. He, yeah, before injuries and change of offense coordinators and whatnot. But, um, you know, maybe that guy ends up being Dalton Kincaid. Maybe Dalton Kincaid is your 70 catches to 80 catches a year guy uh, for plus yards. Yeah, uh, but in terms of wide receiver two, the thing is, like, that kills me is, yes, four receivers were taken before Dalton Kincaid in a row in this last draft. Uh, and some of them hit, some of them didn't. Quentin Johnson wasn't so great. Guy I keep coming back to, though, that's why I want a high draft pick receiver. Man, I would have loved Zay Flowers on this team. I love Kincaid. I think Kincaid's awesome. Zay Flowers feels like a difference maker. Um, not that Kincaid's not. I, I don't think he will be. His ceiling is incredibly high. But every time I watch Zay Flowers, I'm like, that would be awesome to have that type of player across from Stefan Diggs. Speed. That speed is killer. He's more of a slap guy, though, so you'd end up kicking the freaking uh, Shakira out to the outside. But Shakira looks like he can do everything, so I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that, you know. But I, I'm 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 cut, Davis. Like, just get him out of here. I, not not I'm I I was a very big proponent for Gabe Davis after his second year, and I was like, this guy can get so much better, and he can't. Yeah. He, just, he hasn't. And people were telling me I was wrong, and I don't like being wrong, like. People would always tell me, you don't like being wrong. I'm like, who does? Like, that's dumb. Who wants to be wrong? <laughs> like, I hate it when people say that to me. Like, you just you just don't want to be wrong. I'm like, do you want to be wrong? Like, no. no. Like, but I was wrong, and now I have to sit here and eat crow. I was wrong about Gabe Davis. He's not as good as I thought he could be. Maybe somewhere else is a, is a better fit for him. Maybe this offense isn't as good a fit for him since we like route runners here. And he doesn't have the most advanced route tree. That's just a fact. If you watch Gabe, right. you break down the L22, you get into the film. Gabe Davis is not the most dynamic route runner. He never has been. He's a deep threat, good at option routes sometimes. And he's, he's great catching balls on the sideline. But outside of that stuff, I don't know what you want him for. Yeah, I always thought he was best when the – not during the play, but when the play broke down, when Josh extended it and it just kind of became backyard football. Gabe always seemed to find a way to get open, but that was in the chaos. It was never just from his own doing. So you're right. I don't think he has a very diverse route tree. I don't think he has top end speed as we see, uh, in, especially in those intermediate routes, like those 12 to 15 yards. Um, you know, he, he just he doesn't have any like discernible qualities that differentiate himself or set him apart from other guys. Like I like him. I, I thought I always I always said I always thought like this was like the greatest like metaphor. And maybe because I said it, I thought it was the greatest because I don't want to be wrong like you. of course is. <laughs> but I always said like Gabe Davis is ceiling is like the best wide receiver for in the league when they moved him right to wide receiver two, like. It just never worked out. It was never going to work out because he can never hit that ceiling of wide receiver two. But 
if he stayed at wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and five receiver sets, he could he could have been like the best wide receiver five in the league. And he was his rookie season. We saw that. So I, I, I'm I'm with a lot of you. I'm with a lot of people in the comments. Uh, I think, and I think I'm with Gabe too because Gabe is um, after season locker room cleanout presser didn't seem too confident he's coming back. So uh, I think we've seen Gabe Davis in a Bills jersey for the last time. I concur. But here's the thing, right? You, you mentioned he doesn't have a lot of these discernible qualities. Neither does Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is not the fastest guy. He's not the quickest guy. He's a route runner, though. He's an awesome route runner and great at catching the football. Not so much in that playoff game, but again, Sometimes. I think that you mentioned that he had a rotator cuff issue or a shoulder issue. It's hard to get around the dude. Yeah. Like, you know, get your hands in position. I get he he might have been in yeah. pain and that really cost him that, but you got to catch that ball, baby. But Diggs does not have the physical traits that you're looking for either. He's he's only six foot, one one ninety. Like he he's he's a four five forty. He's he's not you know the super athlete that a lot of these other wide receivers are. He's just good at making you go somewhere that he's not going to be. Yeah. I, I... I think that's what Diggs does best is superb route running, um, which worries me when that's your the, the quality that sets you apart as you get older, as you get on the wrong side of 30. Does that kind of that. Because start to falter a little? Does that start to slow down? I don't think so, because usually the first thing you lose is, is your speed, right? He doesn't really depend yeah. on speed. He depends on quickness. Right, quickness it's quick. Go with yeah. quick Good speed. point. So I think like, like Cole Beasley played until he was like 34 before he fell off. Same type of guy, just smaller and a slot guy. So you might see Diggs in his later years, you know, move into that slot spot. And if Khalil Shakir keeps doing what he's doing, this this upward trajectory, he might become a great outside receiver. Might. I don't know. I'm just, you know, saying possibilities here. He plays inside and out, so you never know. Khalil Shakir can do anything. He's the greatest football player ever to live, in my opinion. The wolf. The he wolf. Oh, as we and Tony and I say. Uh, Moving on over to the defensive side, a captain of the defense in the McDermott, McBean era, if you will, however you want to define it. Um, Micah Hyde. I mean, I love Micah Hyde. He's one of my favorite to to put on a Bills jersey. Between the injuries and kind of his age and slowing down. Man, I hope I don't see him with another team. I hope he just retires. I just hope he retires because I think that's kind of his wife's letter to Bill's Mafia and Buffalo. And sounds like he's going to retire, but I think for his health and his safety and everything, I think it's time to hang him up. But Micah Hyde, love him. Um, you know, he, he he's done awesome things for the Buffalo Bills during his time here. I think that I think he's going to retire as well. Uh, I think that he really has some some conversations with his family based on the neck injuries and stuff like that. I don't think yeah. he retires right away, though. I think that he may be one of those players who's like, I got one more in me, and I'll give it to you if you need it. But if you draft a, a safety or if you find somebody in free agency, then I'll, I'll bow out and, and retire. But if you need me for one more year, I'll be back. I think that he's that guy who he'll be here for you if you really need him. But if you if you if you can move on and you can do it well, he'll step back and ride to the sunset. That's uh, that's an interesting 
thing you just said, because you saying that makes me think now the Bills will resign him because the Bills have had those type of guys lately, whether it's Brandon Shell retiring all the way back to Anquan Bolden retiring. Maybe give it a good. Yeah. Uh, who, who was the most recent case? Christian yeah. Kersey? Yep. Iman? Oh, yeah. Who's that? Christian Kirksey and Brandon Shell were both this year. Yeah, yeah, right. But the Bills seem to have these guys they sign and give it a go, maybe for one more year. Maybe they earn a spot or maybe – but they always seem to retire before the season starts. So maybe, to your point, maybe they do bring Micah Hyde back and say, hey, give it a go. If we draft a guy who steps well, up, think, a la guy, Brian Branch for the Lions or something or, yeah. you know. I, if we get a guy like, like you know, second, third round, I think it's, it's retirement. So it's time to go. But I think that if they don't get somebody, right, like say they're, they're in position to get somebody, but somebody swoops in and snatches that safety that they want and, you know, they don't, don't have the opportunity to get one, then I think he'll be like, I'll come back for this year. You know, I'll do one more. But after this, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that begs the bigger question is, if that's the case, if he says, I only want to play for Buffalo and I'm going to do one more year because – there's a lot of turnover, especially in the secondary, with especially in the back end with safety. Bills don't feel like DeMar Hamlin is ready to take on a starting role. They don't re-sign Taylor Rapp, let's say. Uh, this is all hypothetical, of course. Uh, let's say Mike, they go to my guy and say, we'll do one more year. Or, or my guy goes to them and says, I want one more year, but just with you guys. Did the Bills say yes based on his play this past season? Depends based on, on his injury history? Depends, you think it's all about the money? Yeah, the the money is going to decide it. Do you take a an eighty percent Micah Hyde, you know, who's kind of on the decline, or are you trusting a seventh round pick? You know, are you taking that Micah Hyde, or you somebody who you just brought in free agency? You don't know if they're going to fit your defense as well as he would. Like, there's no telling, but I don't think that Micah Hyde signs immediately. I think it would be something like, we got through all of off season, we got through all training, we were we're starting OTAs and training camp, and we don't have a second safety. Like we don't have a guy that we trust to, to partner with Poyer. I, I think Hyde will be there and say, I'll, I'll do it. I don't think it's like next week or right after the Super Bowl. They're like, Michael Hyde, no, no. one year contract. That's going to be like a June thing. Yeah. That'd be like after OTAs. Yeah. That's a, that's a June thing. Like if he's really, really needed, they'll get him, but they're going to try and replace him. I think because that's what's best for him. And also what's best for the future of the team. Yeah, that's definitely like a take a couple months off, see how your body feels, start a summer OTA time and see if you want to come back, if, if that ends up being the case. Um, with that, Tower Rap on a one-year deal last year, do you think he's a guy they resign, knowing how thin they are at safety currently? Um, or is it a guy like Cam Lewis, who's also a free agent that they bring back? Who do you... Who do you think any of these pending free agents um, at the safety <laughs> position? Do you think they bring I, any of them back? I kind of want to see Cam Lewis back, honestly. Like, I like Cam cheap Lewis, guy, I like local. You don't like him where? At safety. At safety? No. No? I said, I said after last yeah. year when he played safety and he looked horrible, I was like, never if yeah. again do I want to see Cam Lewis playing safety. Backup nickel, if, if Taron goes down, I like him as a backup nickel. You know, if you absolutely have to put on the outside because you lost a bunch of guys again, fine. But at safety, absolutely not. I did not like what I saw from him at safety. I did like what I saw from him at, at nickel. 
He's a good blitzer. If you're going to put him at safety, he's got to be in the box. Like he's got to be Jamal Adams. He's got, you're in the box. You're blitzing. You're covering flats. Yeah. You're not covering deep. You're not doing any of that. Your 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 job is limited to this area of the field. You cover the line. That's it. But we're, I I agree. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, the thing I like about Cam Lewis, cheap. Yeah. He's not going to break the bank in any way, shape, or form. And he can play multiple multiple positions. He's the backup to Taron Johnson. He can play outside in a crunch. We've seen that uh, time and time again these past couple years. Uh, and can play safety in a, in a crunch as well. So he's versatile. We know Sean McDermott loves the versatility throughout the defense, whether it's on the D-line or a guy like Taylor Rapp who can kind of play center field but then can come down in the box and dime packages. So I think Cam Lewis as a cheap option um, gives you that versatility. Tell a rap now, I don't know. Like, I'm more comfortable with him now than I was early in the season. Early in the season, he looked like crap. That's a great point. Great point. He looked yeah, like crap early, early season. Like, he was garbage. Yeah, it was super trash. And then all of a sudden, yeah. later on in the season, he looks like he's picking up the defense. He's getting game-winning interceptions. Like, I, I like what I saw later on, but earlier, eh. Plenty of good safety, says Jim here in the in the senior bowl. I don't know. Uh, Izzy, is this a good senior draft class? Are you up in – I haven't looked at the the draft stuff yet, but – The draft class is actually pretty solid at safety. Last year was too. Okay. Um, we're seeing a lot more safeties come out due to the fact that the passing game is becoming so prevalent. You know, you're seeing receivers are, are big. Like, look at this draft class at receiver. Well, if you have a good draft class at receiver, you're also going to have a good draft class of cover guys. A lot of times, and this year's weaker at corner than last year, but it's better at safety than last year. Yeah, I I think that's good. I, I kind of <laughs> it was funny. I was like thinking about safety position moving forward, and I remember the Patriots game, especially the second one. Uh, and Alex Austin had two interceptions, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I wish the Bills kept Alex Austin because he might have been a nice like developmental safety guy. There was a guy a couple of years ago who I kind of liked and kind of fell by the wayside in Josh Thomas. Uh, I think he was out of Appalachian state, if I'm not mistaken, but um, he was kind of like just the, like the preseason darling of safeties. And I thought he could maybe grow into something, but he ended up getting cut and I don't think he ever stuck on anywhere, but Alex also had two interceptions in that second Patriots game. It's like, what's that? Is it Nick Thomas or who's the guy? He's with the Giants. It It was Josh Thomas. Josh Thomas. I don't know that name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Josh Thomas. Uh, but Alex Austin seemed to be a, a converted corner from Oregon State last year. Uh, rookie seemed to be like kind of in that too slow to play corner in the NFL, but is a good safety because he's a good tackler and he's kind of a ball hawk a la an Aaron Williams type. Uh do you think they move? Because they are deep at cornerback currently, especially if Tredavious White comes back. You got Razul Douglas in the final year's contract. You got Benford and Elam still on their rookie deals. If you bring back a guy like Dane Jackson on the cheap, now you're talking like five cornerbacks deep. We saw a little bit in the offseason last year them move Benford and try him at safety for a couple practices. Do you think that's in the cards? maybe losing Hyde, maybe losing Poyer to move one of these guys. I don't think it fits Elam's skill set. Oh, I don't know if you agree. Or but Benford seems too good of a cornerback. 
for him to be like maybe an average safety or try to be an average safety. I think if you kept Dane, going that route, maybe move Dane to safety, he'd be more of a box safety type guy too. Because Dane Dane's a cover coverage guy. He's also a four six forty guy, so he's not very fast. But he moves laterally very well. He tackles very well. He's a very willing good. hitter. He he covers the flats very well. He doesn't cover deep very well, so you wouldn't necessarily want him to be your deep safety. Maybe he improves as a deep safety or a deep cover guy as a safety versus being a corner, you know, because speed as safety isn't as as uh, as necessary because you're already deeper than where the corners start, right? So you have a little bit more space to work with. Uh, so I think Dane would be the guy I would personally move to safety if I was going to move on his corners because Christian Benford, to me, has earned the, the, the CB2 slot and Tredavious White's coming back. And if he's still on the team, if they choose to, to keep him around, you're not going to sit Tredavious White for Christian Benford, who's earned the number two spot. Meanwhile, you have an all-pro coming back, and then Rasul Douglas clearly earned the number one spot. Like, we are we have a good problem to have right now between Christian Benford, Tredavious White, and Rasul Douglas. It's a good problem to have. And especially since Tredavious White's injury was an Achilles injury, which only takes four to six months to heal from, versus an ACL injury, which was his last one, which takes – nine to 12 months to heal from. And that's just the healing part, not the actual ability to play part. So when when I look at that spot, Dane may be the guy, and I don't think a lot of people are thinking about it. Dane may be that guy that is more rationally a fit at that spot, even though I know for a fact that Christian Benford did play some safety for us. But he'd be a, he'd be a fast safety. Like he'd be – Christian Benford is safety might be a beast. He might, Dane would be, I think, pretty good. Might be, I think, right? I think Benford would be a monster at safety, though. Especially in the hydro. I think he's a great ball hawk, too. Yeah, we saw that at Villanova. Foot, yeah, six foot plus, runs a 4-4-40, good vertical, reads offenses very well, has a mind for the game, isn't a party animal. Like, he's he fits the freaking bill. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Good, good like, bill pun, yeah. <laughs> he's... I'm not. He could be a beast. He could be a beast of a safety. If you're you looking know, for a star safety, right. it, 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 I think it's Benford because he is, again, he's earned the number two cornerback role. So if he can't have that, what's the best thing you can do for him? You move him to safety. And then he can. he's, he's your starting safety opposite of Jordan Poyer for one year. You draft somebody to sit behind them and try and take the reins the next year after Poyer's gone. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I, I, I do think Christian Bedford could be a, a really good safety. He has all the tools to be a very good safety. And you mentioned the speed, which is kind of like deceptive. Like he chased down like Tariq Hill a couple of times this season. Like he he's deceptively fast. Over, he's not like, yeah, he's not like he DK Metcalf fast. Yeah. Like he, he's got some deceptive speed. I want to get a comment here from Bob and thank you again for everyone's comments. If you haven't hit that like, please Hit that like. We really do appreciate all the love you show us. Uh, does Bean make the hard call and release Trey? I'm assuming he means Tredavious White. Uh, two major injuries, unsure of when he can return and add in cap savings. What do you think? Uh, Is Tredavious are, White not being on this team in the cards here? It's possible, but I think it's unlikely. I've, I've talked to some other built-in Buffalo guys, and I think that they think I, I want to get rid of Trey, and I don't. That would break my freaking heart. <laughs> Break my heart. You could extend him for a year and throw some money around and, and make some moves for him. I think there's ways to keep him. I would prefer to keep him, but I don't. There's not a world that I sit in where he can't be cut. 
put six million dollars back on your cap. Now, if if you look at Travis White's injuries, yeah, two major injuries, but they're two different injuries. It's not like he tore the ACL and then tore it again. He tore the ACL and then he tore the right. Achilles. And the Achilles again is, is a shorter recovery time. He's probably healthy right now. He did that week five. We're in like week twenty something. Right. right. He's he's probably okay to start running in like two three weeks from now. Probably won't. They're probably gonna nurse him slowly, yeah. and then by the time OTA start, he'll be fully running. But for now, they're gonna want him to you know baby this ride a little bit. All right, like we just got this car. Let's put some miles on it a little bit. Let, let's let's break the engine in and then go. And I think that's what they, that's how they're gonna treat him right now. They're gonna see where he is, and you know if push comes to shove, you make him a post June one cut. And you split that bill between this year and next year. Yeah, I think those are great points. I also want to not discredit the sentimental value. There's something like about Tredavious White that I think Brandon Bean especially holds like near and dear to his heart because it all started with Tredavious White, right? Like this culture change, this McBean 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 era. He was the first draft pick. He was the first first round draft pick. And yes, we all wanted Patrick Mahomes and whatever. But Tre'Davious White was the start of this. So I think they have some like sentimental connection to Tre'Davious White yeah. as a Buffalo Bill that I think people don't uh, credit or, or give credence to. So I think that's a mistake. Like, like me being in, in the comments in our in our group chats and saying the Bills could trade could cut Tre'Davious White. Hurts me more than it hurts the people who were coming back at me, because I love Tre'Davious White. I got his his jersey sitting right there. Yeah, I'm using his jersey as a pillowcase. Right, love Tre'Davious White. That's the first jersey my wife bought me was Tre'Davious White's jersey. You know, once we made the playoffs that year, she's like, "Who's the guy?" Tre'Davious White. She's like, "He was our first round pick." I said, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay." And I was like, "Okay, what?" She's like, "Nothing. Never mind." And Next thing you know, I got a Travis White jersey. And it's like, here you go. Love you. Oh. <laughs> like, I love Travis White. He's your him. guy. I don't want him gone. But there's a world I can see where they let him go if they don't see the progress of the injury. But it's a different injury than the first one. It's not a re-injury. It's a it's a totally yeah. different one. It's like when Milano, you know, messed up his – what was it? He uh, broke his ankle or – or something like that in one year and then the next year. Calf he, or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Calf injury and then a hammy. And then he goes all pro. And it's like two different injuries. All right. Tredavious was playing at an all pro level, and who's to say he can't get back to that? So um so this 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 is the year to do it contract wise. So there is an yeah, out contract about that. this year. There's a, an out in his contract this year. It's ten million dollars in dead cap space, you get six million dollars back to the cap. That, that's the out. But next year, we only owe him $4 million guaranteed, and his total cap number stays the same. So we'd actually save $12 million cutting him next year. 10 or $12 million. My number might be off by $2 million, give or, give or take. It's, it's, right. it's 10 or $12 million because that's his last year of his contract. So all of his guarantees are gone outside of the restructure that we did with him earlier in his contract. So when you break it down, I thought this same thing until somebody else showed me and then I got an over the cap, and then I got on spot track, and I was like, well, shoot, they're right. We can cut him next year, and it's not even a problem. Having an out this year of his contract makes no freaking sense. Not a cap guru. I don't 
I'm, I'm becoming one because I'm really starting to get into that and get into weeds. It is cool, yeah. But you, That's why we have you on. When you get into the cap, you have to not just look at the year you're looking at and be like, oh, we haven't out this year. You got to look forward beyond that. Like, well, if we yeah. don't out this year, is there big money to save later or is there no money to save later? There's big money to save later with, with trade wise. Yeah. It's like if you cut Stefan Diggs, like, I think it's costing them. $22 million for Stefan Diggs not to. So essentially, and you draft a wide receiver, let's say you're paying that wide receiver essentially $22 million to replace Stefan Diggs. It's like it's or, or trade Stefan Diggs. What it, it, you, you'd be the Tennessee Titans when they traded AJ Brown and they drafted Traylon Burks. And it's like, I don't want that situation to play out. Just Stefan Diggs is really good. And he's had what three, four straight thousand yard seasons now as a bill. Like, He's one of the best Bills receivers of all time, if not the best, or will go down as the best. Like, I don't want to trade him or get rid of him. He still has a couple good years, definitely in those legs, in those hands. So, like, I don't want to beat the Tennessee Titans. I know Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen are opposite sides of the spectrum here, but I don't want to go into a receiver set with, like, Westbrook and Kine and Traylon Burks and whoever else, Adam Humphreys. I don't know who they had at the time, but... I don't want that situation. Give me a guy like Stefan Diggs who's really good still. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't disagree. You know, I don't want that same situation with Tredavious White or anybody else, like any position. I don't want to trade a superstar and then draft somebody who's not that great. I want I want I want Diggs here and then a first round pick. All right, because otherwise yeah. you're just going back to Diggs and then a bunch of you know unproven players. At that point, though, right. it'll be a rookie who's unproven with a bunch of unproven players who are getting better. Obviously, Kincaid, Shakir, they're getting better, but, you know, yeah. they have digs there as the safety blanket. Yeah. It's just, it's give Josh all the weapons. That's option A. Option B is do what the Patriots did for any year, not having Randy Moss and just go with like all these no name guys, low cheap contracts who, Tom Brady makes infinitely better, like the Rashe Colwells of the world and all those no-name guys. And I don't I don't want to take that route. Give me all the weapons. If it's a track meet, give me Usain Bolt. Like I don't want the second or third fastest guy who might become the fastest guy because our quarterback is good. I don't know. Anyway, my metaphors are going off the rails. So let's move on. <laughs> uh talking about the last couple guys here as we wrap up the show. Uh I want to talk about the defensive line because defensive line really a sticking point going into this past season because there was only one guy under contract past this season and at Oliver. And then there was four other guys on one year deals or in the last years of their contracts, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Puna Ford. And the one that probably is the most relevant to this conversation, Daquan Jones. Uh, yeah. I don't care how much money, it costs uh, because, again, I'm pretending the salary cap's not real in this uh, fictitious scenario. Sign Daquan Jones. That man is a beast. He was a beast before the injury. He was a beast after the injury. He was a beast all of last year. He is the cog in the middle of that defense that makes almost everything else work. He is the reason Terrell Bernard can be as good as he is because he can shoot gaps because Daquan Jones is taking up double teams. Do whatever you can. Don't sign Jordan Phillips. Don't sign Tim Settle. Like, if you want to look at PFF grades aside, like, those guys weren't very well, they, good at all. Garbage. 
Yes, they were two of the worst defensive tackles, according to PFF, uh, throughout yeah. the year. Uh, Puna Ford, I actually kind of liked, no, bring him back so I wouldn't him. mind bringing him in on the cheap. Uh, yeah. But Daquan Jones is the guy you have to re-sign, right? Well, Daquan's, Daquan's 33, so his, his, his cap hit's not going to be that great anyway. Like he's, it, It's like Linval Joseph. He's still got some gas in the tank, but you're old, so no one's signing you to a big deal. So you're going to play for us or you're not. So the leverage is in Buffalo's hands. Uh, if they want to exercise that leverage or be nice to him and give him a little bit more, like, hey, you know, you played awesome for us last year. You got hurt. You know, your your value on the market's $3 million. We'll give you four. You know, like yeah. something like that would be, you know, good for him. Give him a two-year, $8 million contract, guarantee six of it, call it a day. Be done with it. Yeah, but I think, with, I think uh, that's perfectly said. But with Puna, I'd give him like you know another, another one year deal, two million dollars. And you have yeah. you know two one techs locked up with Daquan Jones and Puna Ford. You have your three tech and uh, uh Ed. Ed Oliver, and then you go draft a couple of them, or you sign you know somebody and draft one. But yeah, you got you got to you got to bring in bodies. Bodies got to be brought in, and you got guys like Eli Enku, who's always in the practice squad, who can come in in a pinch if you need them. Yeah. I, I like Elon Eli Anku. I, I think he's he's serviceable in, in a pinch for insurance purposes. Um, who was the guy they kept calling up last year? His name's escaping me. Uh, he, he was like, who was that? Brandon Bryant. Urban Bryant. Brandon Bryant. Oh, Brandon Bryant. Yes, Brandon Bryant. There was a Corbin Bryant on the Bills. It was. I don't think he made the team. You're, you're, no, no, he was years and years ago. But uh, yeah, Brandon Bryant is is another guy who's who's pretty good when they he, he got his number called. So uh, yeah, they need bodies. You're absolutely right. But Daquan Jones is an important piece. He was playing at an all pro level before that injury. He was a top Huge five piece coming back. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I think him next at Oliver is really the the central focus of that defense, especially for a defense who has gotten better, but still is prone to getting gashed in the run game. You need a guy like Daquan Jones and his ability to help that. Um, Here's another thing, so, right? Yeah. You have, a, you, have, you have some other guys out there who have played in McDermott-type defenses who are going to be free agents that are older, like yeah. Fletcher Knox will be out there. You, know, you can bring someone like that in if you want to, to bolster that interior pass rush to back up Ed Oliver. Or rotate in because you know we like to rotate a lot. So if you had right. Puna, you had Daquan, you had Ed, and you had Cox, that'd be freaking dynamic at, at, at defensive tackle. And I still think you draft somebody. I think my dream scenario, and this is a guy I wanted um, years ago, but I think he's a free agent again this year. Uh, DJ Reader for the Bengals. I think he's a free agent again. I would love that. He's going to cost way too much money. And, I don't know. He's a um, but, I mean, when he was riding the scrap heap, not in the scrap heap, I mean, he was very good, but the Texans weren't. He was awesome on the Texans. Like, I wish, I wish the Bills would have got him before he went to the Bengals. But Daquan Jones is a guy I think that's very important that – uh, the Bills need to resign. Uh, as we wrap up here is a couple of defensive edges we'll finish up with here. And again, everyone, thank you for tuning in, listening. Uh, if you're listening to this audio, 
the day after today, which is tomorrow by all standards, I think by any Mayan calendar you look at. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in and give us time. Make sure you comment, make sure you like, if you haven't yet, uh, please do that. We really appreciate the love. Uh, two guys I want to finish up with here. AJ Epinesa, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd on a one-year contract. Nine, nine and a half million, somewhere around there. AJ Epinesa obviously finishes up his rookie deal. Would you resign any of these guys, one of them, both of them? Where would you go with the defensive edge position? And when you look at it holistically, yes, you have Gregory Rousseau still on a rookie contract. You have Von Miller, who we don't know what he's going to be this coming year. Uh, so that is a huge question mark. And then you have Shaq Lawson, who's a free agent, who I, I'm i guessing they bring back just on a cheap deal because he's Shaq Lawson. I don't think he's in high demand anywhere else um, or would he's be. He's good here but, nowhere else. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's good for like four yeah, sacks yeah. and like, you know, 15 yeah. TFLs and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a practice squad guy next year, honestly. Um, One of those veteran practice squad guys. but uh, And then a young guy who, guest of the show, so we always vouch for him, Kingsley Jonathan, who I actually like and uh, I think shows well when he gets the snaps. But AJ Epinesa and Leonard Floyd, bring both of them back, none of them, one or the other. Where would you go with the defensive edges here? So uh, we have uh, some void years on the books for Floyd, so we'd have to eat more cap space. Also, he's 31 years old. Also, yep. he had a lot more playing time than AJ Epinesa, and he had four more sacks. I think if you give AJ more snaps, AJ can produce more than he did. Um, so I, I would bring AJ back. I like AJ. His 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 uh projected cap hit or his annual salary is five point six million dollars. That's awfully low. So I would I would bring back AJ Epinesa in a heartbeat. I, I really like AJ Epinesa. I liked it when we drafted him. I was upset the first couple of years because of the whole weight issues that he dealt with. And then last yeah. year he got the weight under control and he looked good with six and a half sacks. Then this year put up very similar numbers to last year. The playoff game, he was injured. You know, he, he had the, the rib injury that he dealt with at the end of the season and it clearly lingered, but we needed him. And you know, he went out there and did what he did. I really like AJ Panessa. I like his attitude. I like his personality. I like how he goes out there and fights. I like his instincts. I like his bend, and I like his pass rush. He's not as good against the run, but that's why you keep Shaq Lawson on the roster. So that way when it's obvious rushing downs and it's fourth and two or third and two, you, hey, AJ, you come out the game. Shaq's going to go in there and handle this run, run down. And then if they get a first down, we'll put you back out there, big guy. Like I like yeah. AJ Panessa, the pass rusher. Um. Not terrible against the run, but not really that good either. But Floyd's going to demand more money. It's his last chance at a payday. I, I would give Epinesa maybe a three years, eighteen million guarantee. You know, eight of it. I was going to say, yeah. You know, Sixteen Now, I'm going to throw a stat at you and see if this sways your opinion. Over the past eight weeks of the Bill season, playoffs included. AJ Epinesa and Leonard Floyd combined for two and a half sacks total. Not each. Total. I don't need to see, like, that's a I number I don't want to see, especially when it's crunch time, especially when you're pushing for the playoffs, especially when you're in the playoffs. I need guys that, and this, and this is my whole thing about 
Brandon Bean's philosophy with the defensive edge position because throughout his tenure, he's taken guys who have been the AJ Epines of the world and the Greg Rousseau's of the world, uh, even bringing back guys like Shaq Lawson. He seems to have a mold, a type he likes, and that's technique and strength, not quick twitch, speed, bendy guys. And AJ Epinesa has gotten better at the speed, bendy part. But I need a guy who just disrupts the pocket every single time or has a chance to disrupt the pocket every single time the ball is snapped. Like it's supposed to be Von Miller. Who's that? So you want like a Max Crosby? Yeah. Great example. I mean, there's not a lot of Max Crosbys out there. Uh, <laughs> I know, but... Um, so what if the Chargers, the Chargers are cap-strapped, drop a Joey Bosa? You kicking the tires? He seems like so injury prone lately. That's why that's that was my biggest concern. But they they also have a terrible, terrible medical staff over there. Like look how look oh, yeah, how they, they, they stabbed they, Tyra like, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, like literally one of the worst medical staffs in the NFL, and the Bills have one of the better medical staffs in the NFL. Like personally, I think that that would be something that he. If I'm him, I'm like yo, who's got the best doctors though? <laughs> like. Like, I understand money and all, and I can pay for the best doctors, but I want the team to pay for the best doctors, and I want it to be in their best interest for me to be healthy because if it's in their best interest, means I'm playing. And if I'm playing, I can earn another contract after this one. He may he may go somewhere for two years just to get healthy and then get back on the market, and I'm fine with that. Use us for that because we'll use you sure. for what we need, too. I'm not saying we go after Joey Bosa. I'm just, I'm, it's just an idea I'm throwing out there. Like, there, there are guys yeah, out no, there I, you can get. I like it. Like, Von like Miller, it. I think um, Von Miller is going to be better next year than he was this year. Look at Trey White. Towards ACL, to <laughs> very next year, we, we, when, when we got Trey White back, he didn't look like Trey White. Like, when we got him back right at Thanksgiving, just like we got Von Miller, and he didn't look like Trey White. Then this year, he looked like Trey White and towards Achilles. Well, Von yeah. Miller is 34. I don't ex- I expect him to heal at a similar pace to a slower pace. So I don't think we saw the Von Miller that would be the one we see in strength. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you're right. I mean, me too. <laughs> he, he made three million dollars per tackle last year, so I think there's only up to go for Von Miller. Um, He's gonna be here. I don't He's know. Joey be Bosa would be. I always wanted like Khalil Mack, and yeah. then I don't think like I think he fell off this year. He had like that one game where he had like six sacks in one game. Yeah, like but then he just kind of was like a guy. He had like twelve on the year, though. Like Lomac had a had a year. No, I know, but he had like five, six sacks in one game. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you put up eight sacks in a season, it's it's technically a good season, you know. Yeah. And he had a game with six sacks, which is a crazy ass game, and then like eight more sacks. So I mean, yeah, he's also on the Chargers, poorly coached. Just. Just give me the athletic freak. I'm still like snake bitten that the Bills took Maven and didn't get Arakpo like all these years later. I bet he had 17 sacks. Give me the athletic freak, dude. Cleo Mack had 17 sacks? 17 sacks this year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good number. (laughs) He had one game with six sacks, man. We had 11 the other, the rest of the games. That's pretty good. I thought it was I was wrong. Holy shit. Come, Come home, Khalil. All right. You convinced me. Come home. You be. Greg, come play with Cam Lewis, your buddy. 
a lot but, like those guys, but you know, the older guys are out there. Like, there's going to be a bunch of old defensive ends who still have something to give, even if it's just for a year. And they're not like a Leonard Floyd, like a, like Leonard Floyd, or yeah. like a Justin he was all late or, in free agency signing. Yeah, like there's going to be those older guys who are just available. Who You're right. Yeah, just have rushed the past or that have been, but they suck against the run. Like they're horrible against the run. Like if just decides to run the ball. Like he, they're getting by. That's fine. I, I actually like this is my ultimate hope, and maybe it changes a little now that Bobby Babbage is the DC. Not that I don't know how much sway he'll have or influence he'll have over Sean McDermott's defense, but my ultimate like dream is to have them play a four-three base. I love Taron Johnson. I think he's awesome, but give me three linebackers, and maybe this becomes Dorian Williams. Who can just fly around the field? Athletic freaks, Milano, Bernard, Williams, just flying around the field. That's how you shore up your run defense. Go to a four-three, and maybe Dorian Williams becomes a great coverage linebacker, like Milano does, and Terrell Bernard is. Um, I think it be- I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I like this one right here in certain four-three packages. So if you're like a four-three under, and I'm using a Madden term, because yeah. I don't know what the team actually calls it within their scheme because I'm not in their playbook. But like if you if you look at Madden, you have a four three under where you have basically two linebackers, four defensive linemen, and you have a third linebacker basically hangs off the edge on the weak side, right? Yeah, rushing the passer from that outside. I like that. Uh, we have bots. Jesus Christ, no way, bot. Um, I'm on it. Delete. <laughs> right, yeah, you deleted it and I blocked them. So <laughs> good. But um, yeah, yeah. Like in a, in a situation like that, you could have. A, a another edge rusher on the outside rushing, and we all know that we also use Russo on the inside sometimes. That'd be perfect to have Russo and Vaughn on one side and Epinesa on the other, or Shaq Lawson to protect against the run, where you have Russo and Vaughn who are both good against the run and the pass, along with Daquan and Ed inside, depending on what formation the offense is in. Yeah. Or, like you said, if you're running just a straight-up 4-3 because they're running you know, two receivers, a tight end, a fullback and a running back, and they're running straight up power eye. You could also, you know, go head up that way as well. So there's a lot of ways they can implement it, but I'm telling you, there is there is a lot of ways that they can go back to a traditional four three and make it work with these personnel. Yeah, I I would like to see it. Just just give it a whirl. If Dorian Williams takes that Terrell Bernard like step in year two, as Bernard did last year. I, I think that'd be fun. Three sideline to sideline linebackers just flying around. That'd be a lot of fun to see. So, uh, but is, I think, I think we uh, taken up enough time tonight. Thank you again for jumping on, being a guest, giving us your awesome insight and knowledge as always uh, plug away where the viewers can find you. If they're not following you and they're following us and what, uh, when your show's on. So uh, yeah, I'm Reds report every Sunday, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday at, uh, 7 p.m. Okay, so like 7 p.m. Uh, this Sunday I might change the time because of uh, no, never mind. There's no NFL games this weekend, so yeah, Sunday at seven. Uh, Reservoir no probably probably looking at talking about the the roster like we just did, but like actually making moves. I'll probably pull up the over the cap website, and they have the tool where you can actually cut players, resign players, extend players. Might go through some of that. But just go through a deep dive into what I would do if I was GM. I'm not, thank God, but you know, I got ideas, bro. You know, like. But you should uh, also, be GM. 
Also, guys, if you love me and you love B.I.B., and I am on random shows when somebody needs me. Nobody who asks like me. Like tonight. Yeah, see, like today. Right? Ben, uh, <laughs> Ben's, Ben's show on Saturdays. Like when, if he doesn't have somebody to be there and I'm available, I'm there. This past weekend, I couldn't be there. I, I, I didn't get off work till 7.30, so wasn't there. But if I'm, there, if I'm home on time, any of these guys can ask me, and I will be on any random show, whether it's Kulu's, Dave and Akeem, uh, Freaking Matt's, Josh and Luca, one of them can't show because one of them got stripped through. I'm in. I'll, I'll jump in. I don't care. Just ask. If I'm home on time, I'm in. That's why That's why you're the man. That's why Izzy's the man. Uh, that's why he's my favorite Izzy, as I mentioned at the top of the show. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, we always like to say on this uh, on this show, whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Hope you had some fun tonight. Hope you uh, enjoyed Izzy's knowledge and my nonsense. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for commenting. If you haven't hit that like yet, please do. If you haven't hit that subscribe, please do. Show some love for Built in Buffalo. Show some love for Witty Not Funny Sports and Izzy and everyone here. Uh, we, we work hard at doing this and giving this to you. And thank you, everyone, for participating. A couple plugs before we say our goodbyes. Uh, t-shirt store, apparel store, witty, not funny on Teespring, T-E-E-Spring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word or Google search Teespring, witty, not funny. Check out all the designs, Bill Sabres, all original, all pop culture references as, as viewers of the show know, we love our pop culture references. So check out the store, t-shirts, hoodies, crew necks, long sleeves. We got it all, all colors, all sizes. Check it out, Teespring, Witty, Not Funny, Google search, and uh, support the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Awesome product, awesome local product. Support Buffalo business, support local business, travelinggrowler.com. Izzy already plugged his show. You can follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, give us a follow. We love following back. We love connecting with Bill's Mafia, Saber Source People, trademark pending for that fan group's name. We're still focus grouping it. Uh, but give us a follow at Witty Sports 716 on X, Twitter, or Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports on Facebook or TikTok. Uh, give us a follow on all platforms. We love following back. And that's all I got. You can find the podcast iTunes, Spotify tomorrow, uh, where you find podcasts to listen to for free. If you didn't check us out tonight, make sure you check us out on the audio. Izzy, thank you, my man, for joining. As we always like to say around here, go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for watching. Peace. Go, go Bills, baby. He's witty, not funny. <laughs> Later. Every time, baby.